Hello everyone, I'm Captain Logan and this is Superhero Rewind. Unbreakable works on several different levels. It serves as a study of trends and themes in comic book storytelling, what makes a hero, what makes a villain, what compels them, and the roles each play in the narrative. It's fascinating as a comic book fan to see this study played out in a world where superheroes and superpowers don't seem to exist, but the story works very much on a literary level as well. It's a superhero movie, yes, but it's also a character drama, one that can easily be enjoyed by anyone who appreciates a good story. The movie knows what makes for good narrative, and then it applies comic book tropes and themes to that. David, played by Bruce Willis, is the protagonist if this is a superhero movie. But just as a movie, he and Elijah, played by Samuel L. Jackson, serve as dual protagonists. They both want something, and we're following each of them as they go on their respective journeys, which intersect and make them integral to each other's stories. Each are looking for their place in life, and each come to startlingly different conclusions. It's a pretty simple story, and the film is only an hour and a half long. Even at that length, the movie really seems to take its time, fleshing out its characters and creating some really emotional moments. It's about two men who struggle to find their place in the world, one who can't be hurt and one who can't stop getting hurt. When David is the sole survivor of a crash, Elijah contacts him and explains his theory that comic book heroes are real and that he might be one. He believes that comics are just an exaggeration of the truth. People might not be able to fly or turn invisible, but if a person can be born with a condition that makes their bones unusually brittle like his, why couldn't the opposite happen? David doesn't believe him at first, but then the pieces start to come together. He realizes he can lift 350 pounds, that he's never been sick or hurt except for once when he was a kid and almost drowned, and there's a strange sadness he's never been able to explain. No matter what he does, he never feels like he's doing what he's supposed to with his life. And once Elijah realizes that David is what he's been looking for, he too finds his place in the world, when in the last five minutes of the film, a horrifying truth is revealed, that Elijah created three huge disasters, the train crash among them, trying to find his superhero. And so, once David uses his intuition and strength to find and stop a kidnapper, and Elijah reveals that he's sacrificed hundreds of lives to fulfill his dream, the two are solidified into their respective roles as hero and arch-enemy. Shyamalan has a really good grasp on classic comic book concepts of hero and villain, and he leaves great clues along the way about Elijah's ultimate revelation. Villains often have weaknesses or handicaps that make them spiteful of the world and envious of their superhero enemies. Doctor Doom, Two-Face, and Red Skull's disfigured faces, and even Lex Luthor, who in some early Superman stories is angry at losing his hair. Elijah is an eccentric like many supervillains, and he has an obsession and becomes the arch-enemy of someone he both admires and feels jealousy for. He even wears one glove sometimes and a leather coat, but it doesn't immediately scream supervillain because he's such an eccentric character. And of course, the big one is that as a kid, he's given a nickname by his peers, Mr. Glass, which in the final seconds of the film, he takes as his supervillain alias. He has a motif like Mr. Freeze or the Riddler. He's called Mr. Glass because his bones break like glass. He didn't plan to become the villain of the story, and I really like that, because most villains don't think of themselves as villains. He's like Adrian Veidt in Watchmen. He thinks he's helping to save the world, even while sacrificing lives to do it. But he's obsessed with comics as a form of narrative, and he realizes that he's manipulated the world and himself into a comic book story. He says in the end, I should have known because of the kids. They called me Mr. Glass. Shyamalan's hero, David, also follows familiar origin points for a superhero. He has a defining moment, 
surviving a train crash, which leads him to discover his superpowers. He has a relationship which conflicts with what he subconsciously, at least, knows he wants to do, risk his life to save people. He has a weakness, as Mr. Glass says all heroes do. His kryptonite is swallowing too much water. In the end, he even gets a costume of sorts. He also, by the end, has a loved one, his wife, he has to keep a secret from just as Superman keeps his secret from Lois Lane or Spider-Man keeps his from his Aunt May, and a confidant, his son, to whom he trusts with a secret. He also, as often happens, ends up with an archenemy who knows his secret. But all of this is done in a surprisingly subtle way. Sure, you'll pick up on all the tropes and comic book parallels if you're into comics, but it doesn't get in the way of the narrative. It's about the origins of a real-life superhero and supervillain, but it's also about a guy having problems with his wife and trying to decide what to do with his life, and about another guy who tragically breaks his bones a lot and spends a lot of time in the hospital and finds his only solace in comic books. It's about two seemingly opposite characters who have a surprising amount in common. And for such a simple story, it's impressive how layered it is and in how many ways it can be discussed and analyzed. I always feel like Shyamalan has complete control and knows where his story is going at each point. He's great at foreshadowing things in such a way where, upon another viewing, you might notice something you didn't before and say, oh, that's why that's there. I'm thinking especially of the first comic book Elijah's mother gives to him, in my favorite scene in the movie, by the way, Save the Ending. In a corner of the issue, it says limited edition, which is later what Elijah names his art gallery. And in the same scene, she tells him, I hear this one has a surprise ending. I love that line. Shyamalan was already known for his O. Henry endings at this point, and that was a great nod to his way of telling stories, as well as the ending of this film in particular. By the way, the trick ending is always a risky thing to do, but it's so well constructed here, I think it's actually the best part of the movie. If you can't imagine the movie ending any other way, I think that's when you know the surprise ending was the way to go. There are things I began to criticize the first time I saw this, that after finishing the movie and after thinking about it for a while, I wasn't sure they were really problems anymore. At first, I find David to be a completely unsympathetic character. Why is he so darn sad all the time? Why is he so monosyllabic? He and his wife are having problems, but it feels like the same cliched divorce situation you see in a lot of movies. Divorce is a big issue these days, so couples in movies deal with it. Never mind why it's happening or what brought them together in the first place. So that irritated me for a while, and then I was surprised that the film actually addressed it, gave it a reason, and made it integral to the story. David doesn't realize that he has these powers for a long time, and he's apparently suppressed the fact that he used them years ago to pull her out of a burning car, but something doesn't feel right, so he's changing his life until it does feel right. He's alienating his wife and kid and looking at moving to a different city because he thinks the choices he's made in his life are what's making him feel this way. And at the end, when he's discovered his abilities and he starts using them, the sadness goes away and he starts to put his life back together. Sure, alienating his family was a mistake, but one he rectifies, and he ultimately becomes both a hero and a sympathetic protagonist. Another one that really bugged me at first was Elijah's theory about comic books. He says that it's the last form of ancient stories being passed down from one generation to another, that superheroes stories are far-fetched, but that there's some actual truth to them. He says they get caught up in a corporate machine, become mainstream, and lose some of that truth, but the essence of it is still there. That's weird to me. I mean, how do the writers of comics learn this truth? Didn't Stan Lee and Bob Kane just make their characters up? Sure, they were both well-read and were inspired by various things, but what they did was work for a paycheck. They couldn't have thought they had some sacred duty to keep this truth about supernatural abilities alive. But then I realized what was happening in the movie. Elijah thinks that... But now I doubt Shyamalan is really saying that's what's happening in his story. When we find out that Elijah caused all those huge catastrophes, we learn that he's manipulating the world to look like a comic book. 
his idea that maybe he and David are on opposite ends of the spectrum turned out to be sound, but everything else is manipulated by him into comic book tropes, especially the idea of he and David as arch enemies. There are a lot of comics and comic book movies these days that try to do the real-life superhero, and I think this one gets pretty close to what being a superhero might really be like, but it doesn't get everything on the mark. I really don't buy that someone wouldn't notice they never got sick or injured, or that they would conveniently block so many important events out of their memory. David doesn't remember almost drowning as a child. He seems to have blocked out at least part of what happened with the car accident, and the movie makes a really big deal out of him not knowing he's never been sick. He has to ask his boss how many sick days he's taken. He's a married man with a kid. Wouldn't you compare yourself to the other people in your life? Think about how you take care of them when they're sick. And then wouldn't you hope they'd take care of you when you're sick? Then you'd remember if you were ever sick because you'd remember how the people around you reacted. I don't know, maybe that's just me. I also don't think it would take a person so long to realize he could lift 350 pounds, especially if he bench presses on a regular basis. At some point, he decided his max weight was too light and he'd lift more. Also, the movie tries to give something of a scientific explanation for David's abilities, and the idea that he has the opposite condition as Elijah makes sense for his durability and strength, I suppose, but there's no explanation at all for his extrasensory perception. I think it does nail what crime fighting would be like, though. I like that when he rescues the family that's been kidnapped, the fight is rough and it isn't glorified. It doesn't look choreographed. It's just two guys trying to take the other guy out, and David has to choke him for a long time before he goes unconscious. I also buy the idea that even if a person knows he has these abilities, he wouldn't immediately decide to be a superhero. Stan Lee's Superhumans on the History Channel showcases real people with extraordinary abilities due to actual physiological differences between them and regular people. Some of them have, quote, superpowers that would actually be really useful in crime fighting, like a man who can completely control his fear no matter how dangerous the circumstances, and the man who doesn't feel pain. Yet none of them, of course, go out and take the law into their own hands. On a side note, I find it weird that generic comics are used like active comics, which is obviously an homage to action comics, yet when Elijah goes to a comic book shop, Shyamalan uses a real one, and you can clearly see major comics like Spider-Man on the walls and racks. I'm sure he's doing this to avoid copyright, but it was drawing to me the first time. I wondered why they didn't redress a comic book shop to have all made-up comics so the film was more consistent. As it is, I have to assume both action comics and active comics exist in this universe and have similar-looking titles. I don't know, it's a minor thing and probably just me, but I find it a little odd. Finally, Shyamalan is also known, of course, for his unorthodox directing, and some of his unusual cinematography works for me, and some of it doesn't. In the second scene, where David flirts with a woman on the train, I find the camera moving back and forth between the seats to be distracting and unnecessary. Two really cool examples are Elijah talking with a man in the reflection of a painting, and it soft focuses between the men and the figures in the painting. And when David finally starts using his ESP on purpose, each person whose mind he reads is wearing a brightly colored shirt and a crowd of people in muted colors to show that David can pick people out of a crowd who have done something wrong. My rating for Unbreakable is a 3.5 out of 4. Ba, ba, ba.